So as always, thank you for joining me. Enjoy the podcast. Kick back and relax. The force is strong and is with us always. And never forget. We have hope. Rebellions are built on hope. of this moment the force is strong make ten men feel like a hundred I'll take the next chance and the next time you're all rebels aren't you Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of The Bizzle cast, you are in for a huge treat. We have Papa Bizzle. Uh, he's sick. He's got all sorts of stuff going on. He's really nice enough to come join us, and I've been wanting to get him back forever, which is the main thing. We're mostly going to talk about Deadpool, which we finally saw. I have two other questions for him about things we've experienced in the last few months or so. Uh, but first of all, Papa Bizzle, thank you, and welcome back. Well, it's great to be on the Visual Cast, and the big treat really is not me, but this this movie. This movie was a big treat. We love Deadpool a lot. Spoiler alert! Um, really quickly, though, Papa Bizzle, you cool to do one question about uh, sort of the state of the Visual Cast, and one question about Solo, and then we'll get into Deadpool. Okay. Okay. State of the Visual Cast. Since you and I went to Europe last summer, I have added Brittany Alistair, um, Jedi Geek Girl regularly. And hopefully regularly, Tim Drossi and Paul Herman, all of whom are podcasters who do yes. at least as well as me, if not better. And, 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 and Simi, I don't think you, did you mentioned Simi. Well, Simi's a natural radio host who doesn't realize how talented he is. So, yeah, I've added Simi as a contributor. Um, actually, yeah, he's probably the only non, you know, like guy who doesn't do a podcast, which is hilarious because I probably uh, yeah, I have as good of a time, at least with him as anyone. Um, obviously my, my yeah. hits have been up the last year. I want to thank everybody. Um, any thoughts about sort of the last year and the development of the Bizzle cast? Well, I think, uh, it's just really exciting when you, when you, when you spot and then recruit these, um, these new guests, uh, contributors that it's just, it's really fun to meet these people and get, get to know them. Your, your Australian mm-hmm. crew and Tim and all, all the people you just mentioned. It's, uh, it's a really nice addition to uh, the Bizzle cast and, you know, just the diversification of, of the product that you create. And I told you a year ago, I wanted more women and I wanted more people of like, you know, different sexualities and so forth. I've done a pretty good job on that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very diverse crew. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. A- absolutely. And uh, you've been a big fan of pretty much everyone we've added. I want to add people. My dad listens to all the podcasts. Um, and so he has sort of a meta view on this. And whenever I have like a new contributor or a new guest, I run it by him. Uh, and for the most part, you've really liked everyone. I mean, you have your favorites, obviously. Um, but, uh, but everyone has been has been great yeah i i, I enjoy the, this whole crew everyone that, that you named they all bring different stuff to, to the table and just adds a lot of uh, spice and, and variety so uh yeah, I'd say it's been a great, uh, a great evolution of the Bizzlecast. And Papa Bizzle is the executive producer of the Bizzlecast, so uh, everyone out there, you should thank him uh, as uh, as my close friends and, and contributors know. So thank you, Papa Bizzle, for all your help and support with this. Has been awesome. So really quickly before Deadpool, which is the freshest in our mind, and so we want to talk about it. 
You've listened to all the podcasts, you read all the articles I sent you, so I don't want to get into huge discussion. But in your opinion, as someone who, you know, as a young, um, not a young adult, but like an adult, a youngish adult who saw the original Star Wars in the theater, what is the number one, not the number one, what is one major reason you think Solo has bombed so badly when it was a movie you and I really liked? Well, I, I'm still, I'm still really befuddled about it. I, you know, I love Ron Howard. I loved Aaron Reich's performance. Uh, I found it extremely entertaining story. Um, now, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, a, a fanboy type, so I'm not. I don't have all these pre expectations, and I'm not comparing it to this, that, and the other thing. And um, all hung up on Harrison Ford vis a vis Aaron Reich, whatever. You know, n- none of those issues matter to me. I just take the movie as it is. And I, I really liked it. Why, why, uh, people are not, are not going to see this movie. I don't know, but you know, the point you, you, you've made a bunch of times on the podcast is that the people who see it really, really like it. So yeah. that, at least that's not befuddling. At least that makes sense to me. The people who see it re- really like it, right? The, the, uh, yeah. the audience scores are, Look, are quite high. Here, here's what it comes down to dad, Brit, Maddie, and Alistair, none of whom are huge Star Wars fans, loved The Last Jedi and either didn't see Solo or in Alistair's case didn't really like it. Tim and Paul, who are even more hardcore than I am, liked some things about Last Jedi and loved Solo. So I think that's the split. And by the way, you know, people like me and Paul, you know, have, we love these anthology standalone movies. I think maybe that's something that you maybe loved about it. Like Rogue One, it's not as good as Rogue One, obviously, but it was sort of a standalone sort of historical movie. Yeah, and I, I do. I really like standalones. I, I like the, uh, the, the, the linear plot line, you know, not jumping around. Um, so it was, to me, it, it was very appealing. And uh, I just hope at some point, it gets rediscovered um, through, uh, you know, D- DVR, mm-hmm. um, Blu-ray stuff and product, and who, who knows? May, may, maybe it'll it'll get uh, rediscovered at some point. But I thought Ron Howard did did a great job and a super super entertaining movie. Okay, Dad. So we're getting the main topic here, so we can keep this moving, which is Deadpool two. But I lied. I actually have one more thing, and this is me. Just I'm just going to praise you for a second. So, guys, I've been going back through my old podcasts, not the oldest, oldest, but some of from like the first year. And I sent my dad the podcast we did about The Martian after we saw and absolutely fell in love with the Martian movie. And Dad, you said you didn't really understand why I was so crazy about it. Um, but I think what you don't realize is that you brought up a lot of sort of, um, theoretical uh, and philosophical constructs about movies in that uh, review that have sort of carried oh. forward. And I was, I was just really impressed and I really recommend guys. A, if you haven't seen the Martian, you're not living, see the freaking Martian and B right. listen to our Martian podcast. Cause my dad talks about the humanism in the movie, the psychology in the movie. And when we both talk about it, basically I'm making all the jokes and you're making all the deep philosophical <laughs> remarks. So there's a plug for an old podcast guys. So, yeah, I really like that one. You know, of course, uh, like I, I wrote you a couple of days ago, I, I really give the credit to, to the movie itself because it was such, such a quality piece of work. I think it just brought out that podcast in, in us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I give the movie a lot of credit for whatever level of quality that that podcast has. 
Yeah, and, and without getting too heady, you know how they talk about the great artists talk about how they're not creating what they're creating, they're just kind of channeling either God or the force or the create the creative energy. They're just sort of channeling exactly, it. Exactly. But I think right, people right. who appreciate art and talk about it also are experiencing something similar. And that's why people ask me, like, how can you do so many Rogue One commentaries? I'm like, I'm not even trying. They just come to me because of it's such a great piece right. of art and I love it so much. I think that's what was going on in the Martian. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with that, right? That, that's what I was saying in that brief text I, I sent you, or the email I sent you a few days ago. Yep. Okay. Here we go, guys. Main topic, Deadpool 2. So, you've got the Avengers and Black Panther making a shit ton of money. You've got Solo making nothing. Deadpool 2 on a budget, Dad, that was twice the original. It, was, it went from 65 yep. to 130 is making almost as much money, although with post-sales these days, I'm sure it'll make even more. It's making plenty of money to justify it. That's for sure. Great reviews. Most people love it. But Dad, as a way of jumping into this conversation, because I was talking to everyone who saw it before me, and I think I was talking to, to Matty G, and he, and he was sort of like, I'm sick of the whole like fourth wall breaking, blah, blah, blah. I was like, look, dude, I just want to go and laugh my ass off and I'll be happy. And you know what happened that was so crazy, dad, is that the what? movie blew me away, but we weren't like belly laughing the whole time. But the, the humor, uh, just never stopped, if that makes sense. Well, you know, I think we pretty much expected that after the first one. We thought that the humor was going to be terrific and, and, and it was. Uh, but the extra dimension of this movie was it had a ton of heart that the first one didn't have as much of. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, uh, I always actually something I've been meaning Dad, to bring into my podcast theory is uh, you know who Milan Kundera is, obviously. Um, the, yeah. for, for the listeners, probably the most famous Czech writer uh, from the Cold War era, uh, who wrote in exile, um, lots of stories about love and romance and existentialism, but was all based around communism. He talks about laughter of angels and laughter of devils and laughter of devils is very cynical humor it's very ironic humor it's very coarse humor laughter of angels is more like you know when your friend farts and you start laughing or you're laughing at like a feel-good movie or something you know what i mean like very innocent just like instinctual laughter not societally conditioned laughter and what i, what I thought was interesting was deadpool one was more like anchorman and wedding crashers in terms of being yeah. mostly laughter yeah. of the devil but this felt more like laughter of the angels and having ricky from hunt for the wilder people helped with that yeah i think that's uh that's that's a good uh, comparison and contrast uh, uh there was something really special about the nature of the humor in this and related to, to the heart the big heart of, of the movie and uh that that caught us by surprise and it was really made the movie extra special and endearing so all right a couple quick hit questions and then we'll we'll wrap this quickie up um so, just to follow up on that point, though, really quickly, um, it felt like in the first one, it was there was a clear delineation between action, drama, and comedy, whereas other than, guys, here's a quick spoiler alert, Vanessa's death in the beginning, everything fused together perfectly, and it was a single A storyline, Dad, again, that we're always talking about, one cohesive storyline that we follow the whole time with the main characters. We love these movies, but I thought, did you f agree with me that the action, comedy, and drama just blended together in a better way than the first? Yeah, I think that that's, that's a really nuanced observation about the difference between two and, and one, and I completely agree with that, that uh, 
it was just a higher level of writing uh, that th- these three writers achieved. Um, as great as one was, I mean, this was just better. It's more sophisticated, more more integrated, like you're saying, and it, it's special. So, if you were down, I would love to run through the sort of main three, four, five characters, and then we'll end on just talking about Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Okay. Do you have Do you have Ricky's name in front of you? Because I always forget Julian. Um, uh, Denison. Dennis. Denison. We loved Hunt for the Wilder People. We loved that fucking movie. Am I wrong? One of the best movies we've ever seen. And one of the reasons we were so disappointed and felt like we almost had the wool pulled over our eyes with Thor Ragnarok was what a drop off it was from Taika Waititi's uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah, for sure. It was re- really disappointing because we had such high expectations of, of him. All right. Two, two or three quick questions about Ricky. A, when you saw Hunt for the Wilder People, did you think, oh, this kid's great, but it's a great director just getting greatness out of this kid? Or did you say, this kid could actually make the jump into being a, a star or at least a low-level star? You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't really have the vision of that latter. It was, to me, it was more the former. It was, uh, it was just a, you know, a, a great casting choice for, for uh, uh, a perfect role with a great director that knew how, how to get everything out of a kid. And so I really didn't see any, I, I could, I couldn't envision what the career arc for, for this kid w- was going to be. So following that thought up, you and I, neither of us, dad, thought he would have this i mean not just the screen time but the fact that he was the fulcrum of deadpool 2 (laughs) just totally almost shocking uh how much screen time he had uh, how important his character was uh what a great job he did in in a in a role that was you know quite a departure from uh uh, the original film so uh, it was just great to see him blossom like this and now to have a sense of well this kid does have a career arc ahead of him oh yeah Oh, he definitely has a career arc, no doubt. Um, you know how I've, uh, one of the great, I think, conversational pieces that have come out, uh, especially with Tim Drossi and Sammy and a couple other uh, contributors about Han Solo, is that the reason the Han Solo movie's brilliant is they didn't give us the roguish womanizer we thought he was. They gave us a really good guy who's just a little insecure and goes off the path a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Which makes more sense with this character later. What we learned about Deadpool, Dad, in this movie is he's one of the best guys, as perverted and weird and violent as he is. He's kind of one of the best superheroes in terms of his heart. Yeah. I mean, who, who, who saw it coming? I mean, literally, Vanessa's killed, and what is his immediate reaction? Because they were talking about having kids. His immediate reaction was to try and save this kid for the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't want him to go through what he went through, if you remember his Deadpool's horrifying origin story in the first one. Yeah, it was awful. Mm-hmm. All right, um, so we won't talk about Vanessa. It's always very sad how little Marina Baccarin we get, but I think she had a super high batting average for how little she was in it. She did. She really did. Boy, was she good in, in the, those opening sequences where, where we had her before she, she was killed. Boy, she was good with him. She's really good with him. Mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting, though. You got you have uh, directors who have directed for Marvel, but came from an indie background. Joss Whedon discovered Marina Baccarin. Obvious, uh, obviously, Julian. I'm blanking again. Shit. Um, 
Denison was discovered by Taika Waititi. Very, very interesting stuff. And then they end up in the superhero movies. But yeah, she's gorgeous and amazing. And, you know, she's been nominated. She's a star. It's great. I'm glad she agreed to do this. Um, All right. One or two more characters, and then we'll jump into the Deadpool in the end. Colossus, the man made of steel. Yeah, you know, I liked him a lot more in in two than I did in one. Um, they, They did a lot more with him. I found him very appealing, and I'm usually not attracted to, uh, to CGI characters that, that much. And uh, I thought it was great. I love the sort of irony that uh, uh, he, he's a Russian, and it's the Russian who is the, uh, the biggest humanist of, of all of them. Which is straight from the comic books, which I'm just about to get to. Um, uh-huh. We didn't get enough. Okay, so what's interesting is... There was one character, female, young female character, a Negasonic Teenage Warhead. I thought for sure we were going to get more of. My only theory about this is that she's actually booked elsewhere, although I have to look this up, because um, she was so popular from the first one. But we got a recasted but still cool version of Wolverine's quote-unquote bodyguard from Japan, Yukio. She was great. No, I just said she, she, was, she was wonderful. And do you remember during the credits when her name rolled, there was a, you know, Deadpool crayon drawing with an arrow to her saying, this girl's really special or something. Yes. Which I thought was cool. Um, so they were great. Um, I mean, it didn't even matter who the bad guys were. I mean, they're, they're even more forgettable than the first one, but it, it made no difference. That's what I'm always saying with Justice League and Joss Whedon's Avengers movies. It doesn't matter who the bad guys are. It's all about the good guys coming together, right? It's always fun when you have an ostensible bad guy in the beginning, like Josh Brolin's Cable, and then he he turns for for well well done narrative reasons. I'm going to give a little quick thing on Cable, but Josh Brolin's brilliant. Uh, I, also, that article brilliant. you sent me brilliant. was so interesting. Did you see his thing on Colbert, where? They were hugging for five minutes, and then they arm wrestled, and he took his shirt off, and then he read all of Trump's quotes as Thanos. It was great. <laughs> no, I uh, I have that uh, yet to watch. It's it's recorded. I, I haven't watched it yet. If you don't watch anything else, watch Thanos reading Trump quotes. It's fantastic. <laughs> so anyways, so you know I love... This is the last big topic, and we'll close. You know I love the X-Men. Yes. You grew up buying the X-Men comics. You know about the connection with the Jewish writers of the X-Men and Marvel and the Holocaust and the Holocaust themes, which sadly are literally happening on a small scale at the moment in this country, um, and the importance of the X-Men. Um, I, I, I do want to talk about this. Maybe I'll save this for later. But, Dad, really quickly, if I had told you that this movie would be slightly less uh, belly laugh hilarious and have a ton more sort of connectivity to the X-Men universe and lore, I'm not sure you would have taken that bet. I'm not sure I would have taken that bet. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I would have been able to, to, to visualize that and how, how that would happen based on, on Deadpool mm-hmm. 1. All right, guys, so here's the real quick thing, and then we'll, we'll, we'll do final thoughts and we'll wrap up. Really appreciate it, Papa Bizzle. So I told you beforehand that Cable was maybe my favorite character. Yes. Because he is the son of the leader of the X-Men, Scott Summers, a.k.a. Cyclops, uh, and, and the son of uh, Jean Grey, played by Famke, the gorgeous Famke Jensen in many of the previous movies, um, who's the Phoenix, who's the most powerful, but she can't control her powers. Um, and the next and final X-Men movie in the current series, who, by the way, dad, 
Brian Singer, who's kind of losing his his way, they just gave it yeah. to Simon Kimberg. I don't know if you know that. No, did not know that. Our guy from Daredevil and Martian and everything else. He's just straight up directing it. So, anyways, so the Dark Phoenix, you know, classic figure, but she, but you know, but her powers take over. She's being played by a young uh, young version of her, playing by Sophie Turner in Apocalypse. By the way, Dad, our Apocalypse review. We didn't love that movie, yeah. but we had great praise for the cast of that movie. Yeah, yeah, we did. And Sophie Turner, other than having some problems with American accent, which will work out, was great as a young Jean Grey uh, dad. But the Dark Phoenix, uh, the other evil side of her, like if you look at Gollum or Jacqueline Hyde, th- the evil side is being played by Jessica Chastain. Uh-huh. Which I'm, I, I know you're totally apathetic about. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, so Scott and Jean have a baby, but sometimes when mutants have babies together, they're unstable or they just die because of the, the mutations. And the only way they could figure out how to possibly save their son, I forget his real name, John, I think maybe, played by whose cable, was to send him to the future. And that is why half of his body is robot and half of his body is man. There's a tons of Terminator stuff going on, Dad, as we you know we kind of talked about. There's lots of stuff, but it comes from the comics. And then Cable comes back at various times to help them, even though he's older than his parents when he comes back. Um, But he talked about how his wife and daughter died, and he said his daughter's name was Hope. Well, basically the X-Men series about 10 years ago that rebooted the the X-Men and made them popular again was a giant, like, I don't know, thousand-page epic saga about Cable and Hope. And in the comics... Cable has a better idea of where Hope needs to be when, and so he's jumping all over the place. The X-Men want to use her for own purposes really quickly, and then we'll close. Do you remember Children of Men? Sure. Do you remember the main conflict between the good guys and the so-called good guys, where the actual good guys with Clive Owen and and Juliana um, Moore were trying to get her to an offshore science facility, basically? And he, uh, uh, our boy Chiwetel Ejiofor, who claimed he was a good guy, wanted to capture her and use her as a political symbol and for a piece of power, basically. Yes. And that's what happens, basically, in the, the X-Men Messiah Complex saga, is Cable's actually trying to save the mutants, and the X-Men don't know what they're doing, and he's having to actually fight people you know, who he's normally associated or whatever. So that's straight from the comic. Basically, what I'm saying, Dad, is this is the most true-to-the-comic story that I have seen in a long time, even more than Black I Panther, think- even more than Avengers, e- even way more than Logan, because as I told you, Dad, Logan's a, a daughter spoiler alert you know we think maybe she's his daughter x23 laura is his daughter is stolen directly from the hope future storyline and so yet again just like you don't expect rated r foul mouth deadpool to have so much heart as as a movie is also so loyal to the comics and sets up oh this is how we'll end on something small dad sets up x-force going to the future including I love you, Tessa Thompson. I love some of the new Marvel actors, but I think clearly the best new introduction to Marvel movies uh, as a a side support character is Domino. She was, what what a surprise she was. I mean, she came out of left field for me and a great portrayal. I mean, and a great character, a a, a, a wonderful, you know, added dimension to two. She felt sort of like the young black, uh, black widow to me. Like, 
As soon as Scarlett came in and got good material from Joss Whedon, you immediately bought her level of like Hollywood cheese that she was supposed to do. I mean that in the best way possible. You know what I mean? Right. I feel yeah, like yeah. my problem with Tessa Thompson, A, the writing for Thor Ragnarok was very inconsistent, although Tessa was great with The Hulk, with Bruce Banner. Um, but Tessa's such a great actress. She felt a little uncomfortable, I think. She'll be more comfortable in the future. But this woman, do you have the name in front of you for Domino? Yeah, her name is... Uh well, I don't know how she pronounces it. Zazie Beats. Yeah. She just stepped right in, and, and you're like, this is exactly who should be Deadpool's sidekick, essentially. Number two. Totally. Yep. So, all right, Dad. Really appreciate you being on. Right. No, no, you're not feeling well. We both have a ton of shit going on. Um, we don't have a lot of good movies coming this summer, but there is one we're excited about. We'll end on a happy note. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, um, uh, Christopher Robin, Christ- Winnie the Pooh. Christopher Robin. Yeah. The thing you love to read to us the most growing up that we love so much growing up, and we're getting Ewan McGregor as a grown-up Christopher Robin, and Pooh Bear and them are going to have to save him from his malaise, you know, um, or whatever's going on with Haley Atwell, who you know I love, um, and and so forth. Um, let me ask you this question in a vacuum, assuming it's good. Do you think that movie is, uh, uh, or a movie like that is t- just too uncynical and unself, uh, unselfconscious to succeed? Well, let me put it this way. My expectations aren't too high. I just expect it to be life changing is all. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be sobbing in the movie theater. Right. Oh my God. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, two real quick things. Cree 2 trailer. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was it was fabulous. It really was. Michael B. Jordan. God bless him. Um, and uh, uh, shit was my final point. Oh, and of course, we're still waiting to get footage of Felicity and on the basis of, of sex. Really quickly, Dad, you sent me a Jason Momoa article. As I said in my recent podcast, I think he's a great guy personally. He's not an amazing actor. Now they're worried they're not going to meet their release date, which is really sad. Huh. Yeah, which means, well, yeah. Well, as long as it gets released, I mean, you know, was it going to be a month late or something? I just... You look 10 months ago, and Disney fires the Han Solo directors, hires Ron Howard, does the entire movie over again, releases it on time in May, which was actually earlier than they should have. It looks spectacular and an unbelievable Ron Howard movie. DC's been working on Aquaman for four years. They can't meet a December date. It's pretty pathetic. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is pretty pathetic. Oh, I know what my final question is. Sorry, and then we'll really close this. My final question is... Tell me why we should be rooting for Disney to get Fox and not Comcast. Well, I mean, Disney's been in, in, in the business for, uh, what, 75 years, three quarters of a century. Comcast just, just bought NBC a few years ago. I mean, so the Comcast doesn't have the, the experience, uh, the, the intellectual capital to, to handle all, all these properties. Um, so if you agree with what I'm about to say, don't say anything, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Comcast is based in Philadelphia. 
It is run by a bunch of corrupt, greedy assholes who specifically uh, uh, petitioned and paid off people in Congress for the net neutrality law to be repealed or whatever so they could make more money. Everyone I've ever met who works for Comcast is not that smart, talented. It seems like a horrible organization, and it would be an absolute disaster for things like X-Men and other Fox properties to go there. Okay. There we go. Okay. All Thank right. you, Papa Bizzle. Really appreciate You're this welcome. one. Any uh, any final, uh, in all seriousness now, what's your final thought to the Bizzlecast listeners about the Nazi-esque shit going on right now? You don't have to get super political, but I want to know your feeling about this. Well, it's appalling. It's appalling, and it's, it's uh, particularly appalling that there hasn't been more outrage on on the, the red side of the aisle. Mm. Um, you keep expecting him to cross a line finally that uh, that will have his party in an uproar but they're all a bunch of lemmings marching to the sea with him so but at least there's been there's been a ton of uproar all over the place uh, coming from all over the place grassroots democrats whatever so you know it's not after a week of this horror it's not great but uh, at least uh uh, the voice of the people has been able to get it to begin to move in, in, in the right direction. But, the, you know, there's, I mean, this, there's going to be more, more of these sort of outrages. And, the, you know, he's just, he's out of control. I mean, these children are like two steps removed from the Warsaw Ghetto right now, basically. Um, but... Sorry, guys. Don't want to depress you. To tie it back to the Bizzlecast, the re- the proactive reason Disney should get Fox and so forth is Disney is the only, even though they're making all the money and all the good movies, the only organization who is openly progressive. Disney is one of the most progressive mega corporations in the country, let alone the world. Comcast is not. And, and that's mm-hmm. the difference. I mean, Chris right. Evans online, dad, Ryan Johnson online. I, I know you don't do Twitter, but like Chris Evans, Ryan Johnson, uh, Ron Howard, you got to follow these guys. I mean, they're just out of their mind. And, and, and I do think in the end, we're going to win this fight. But in the meantime, it, it's actually, it, it's, it's horrific. But I'm glad in even our popcorn movies that we love, especially from Disney, we're getting these themes and having people talk about it and think about it yeah absolutely all right well thank you so much right. bizzlecast thank you so much papa bizzle you want to say bye to the listeners uh, yeah i want to say that the deadpool 2 really deserved uh, our attention and i'm glad we got a chance to talk about it and it's great to be with you and uh, the bizzleverse so thanks for having me on Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, as usually in the podcast, I didn't make my main point, which was the entire movie after the Vanessa death felt like one giant long scene, which I absolutely loved. And I wish we got more of that in Hollywood. An hour and a half movie is perfect, Hollywood. We don't need two hours and 15 minutes. So thank you for that. And thank you. Oh, Dad, I just want you to give a chance to say thank you to Ryan Reynolds. He's, he's like a ge- he's a genius in this role. He's just a total genius. All right, Papa B, thank you so much. Thank you, Bizzlecast thank listeners. You. The force is strong. Rebellions are built on hope. We'll be talking to you soon. But for now, the Bizzlecast is out.